You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Frozen. Summer in the city of Arendelle. It couldn't be warmer. It couldn't be sunnier. But that's about to change forever. Arendelle. It's completely frozen. Cold, 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 cold. A real howler in July. Yeah? The land's covered in eternal snow. Really? If we don't do something soon, we'll all freeze to death. You want to talk about a problem? I sell ice for a living. Ooh, that's a rough business to be in right now. I mean, that is really... Mm, that's unfortunate. My lady. Whoa, whoa. Huh, this is awkward. Not you're awkward, but just because we're... I'm awkward. You're gorgeous. Wait, what? Hi, everyone. I'm Olaf. Ah! Hi. You're creepy. Whoa. I don't want whoa, whoa. it. No. All right, we got off to a bad start. I know how to stop this winter. Yeah. Hang on. I like fast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get your feet down. This is fresh lacquer. Seriously, were you raised in a barn? <laughs> Let's go bring back summer! <gasps> Man, am I out of shape. Wolves. Stop! Whoa. Whoa! Are you okay? Uh, I've got a thick skull. I don't have a skull. Oh, whoo! Head rush! So cute. It's like a little beanie unicorn. Now we just have to survive this blizzard! That's no blizzard! Sorcery! That's my sister! That would have been nice to know. Heads up! No. It is not nice to throw snow, people! Whoa, 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 feisty pants. Just let the snowman be. I'm calm. Great. Oh, oh come on! <laughs> Olaf, you're melting. Some people are worth melting for. You're just moving out right this second. <laughs> Those are my legs. Oh, hey, do me a favor, grab my butt. Oh, that feels better. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Frozen, and the story is as follows. When their kingdom becomes trapped in perpetual winter, fearless Anna joins forces with mountaineer Kristoff and his reindeer sidekick to find Anna's sister, Snow Queen Elsa, and break her icy spell. Although their epic journey leads them to encounters with mystical trolls, a comedian snowman, harsh conditions, and magic at every turn, Anna and Kristoff bravely push onward in a race to save their kingdom from winter's cold grip. The film is starring Kristen Bell, Idina Menzel, Jonathan Groff, Josh Gad, and Santino Fontana. It is directed by Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee, and it is written by Jennifer Lee. Here to join me today for this 2013 Patreon retrospective podcast review, I have Nicole Ackman. Hi, everybody. Emma Sasek. Hello, hello. Casey Lee Clark. Yoo-hoo. Dan Bayer. <laughs> Winter's a good time to stay in and cuddle, but put me in summer and I'll be a happy snowman. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Will Mavity. I'm kind of turned on by reindeer. And also joining us as a guest here from the Patreon team, we have John Milholland, everybody. Hello, everyone. John, welcome to the show. First time here and uh, very, very excited to have you on to talk about this phenomenon of a Disney film 
released in the winter of 2013, Frozen, the 53rd Disney animated feature film. Man, this is crazy. I I feel like we should have had like five-year-olds here to represent the kids and their opinions of this movie but you know it's me i speak for them yeah (laughs) nicole and i will fill you in i'm sure we'll make do i've seen this with my little cousins enough that i think i can speak for them it's kind of incredible how much this movie really took everyone by storm when it came out by winter storm uh if i'm going to keep rolling (laughs) with the puns here today uh it got really really terrific reviews it became the highest uh, grossing film of 2013, one of the highest grossing films of all time, was nominated for two Oscars, won both of those Oscars. We're going to talk about its awards run. We're going to talk, obviously, about the movie itself and the cultural impact that it has had since then. Um, and if you guys ever want to, go back and listen to our Frozen 2 review podcast that we recorded upon its theatrical release after this. By all means, feel free to do so. Let's talk about Frozen. So, who do we start off with? Oh, I don't know. How about the person here that I know has the sisterly bond and connection to this movie, Nicole Ackman herself? This is also fitting because I literally got back from being in Disney World today. <laughs> <laughs> so it feel, feels right. But uh, yeah, I was really excited whenever Frozen came out back in 2013. I love Disney princess films and was excited to have a new one. And I have loved this film from the time that it released. I have a younger sister that I'm very close with. And so, of course, the sisterly themes in this movie really hit hard with me. Uh, You'll have heard me also talking about that if you've listened to our Black Widow podcast. Basically, if there's a sister movie, I'm going to cry. And cry, I do. I really like this movie. I don't think it's perfect. I have a handful of issues with it. Mostly uh, have to do with song distribution, which we can talk about later, I'm sure. But I think it's really fun. I think it's really sweet. I think a lot of the animation is really nice. And I'm always super impressed with the vocal cast. And I think the way that they kind of, uh, in the ending of this movie, subvert what you expect from it. Uh, both in terms of the romance plotline, but also in terms of sort of what is the important overlying message of it are really, are really nice. And it's been really fun to watch not only like myself and my sister love this movie, but to see my young cousins, my, my cousin's kids and how much they love this movie and these characters. And I mean, I was just, just got back from Disney where I saw a bunch of little girls still in, in Elsa and Anna dresses. So uh, I think that, this movie is really something very special in the way that it's sort of permeated the culture uh, at the time and still continues to even this many years later is really fascinating. Okay. All right. Next up, Will Mavity. Yeah. So I think um, Frozen is one of those nice little indie horror thrillers. I think the setting is putting people <laughs> on the ski lift. <laughs> you guys remember that movie? I do. Uh, I do. Uh, very funny. <laughs> I remember an episode of Kirby Enthusiasm with that. Not that movie, though. Yeah, oh, God. That's one of my favorite Curb episodes, too, where he's pretending to be, like, orthodox. Um, No, okay, so the actual Frozen we're talking about is a pretty wonderful little Disney animated film. I mean, it's it's definitely my favorite thing they've done since... My favorite non-Pixar animated film they've done since kind of the golden age of the 90s. I think there are 
times when you can tell that they dramatically rewrote the script kind of mid-production, but I think as a film, thematically, um, the songs are so good and the characters so lovable that it can kind of be flexible and work with that more than, say, Brave from the year before, which really felt like multiple movies stitched into one. Um, you know, I think there's some characterization issues. I don't think Prince Hans is that well fleshed out or his, you know, the the direction things go in the ending. But, you know, the songs are wonderful. Um, they're not all amazingly memorable. I'm looking at you, Troll Song. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it remains one of my favorite recent Disney animated films. And I'm glad it exists because it's had such a wonderful impact on so many people. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next up, why don't we hear next from Casey Lee Clark? Yeah, um, I didn't see this when it came out. It was my senior year of high school. I think I was probably cynical wanting to see the grown-up movies. Um, I think I saw this on, like, they played it on the bus on a chorus trip. Very random setting to see <laughs> see this movie. Um, I like it. I don't love it. I think some people have already kind of touched on that it, it's got some issues and problems. I find it a bit messy, but... I like the songs a lot, some more than others, and I really like the characters and especially the voice cast. I think it's, you know, a really great voice cast as far as singing abilities and whatnot and just very interesting comedic timing. Um, it's not it's not one of my favorite recent ones personally, but I still I do like it. And I don't I, I like the sister direction of it and that it's, you know, kind of taking a different direction. A lot of these new recent Disney movies from the mold and not making it as inherently about romance and things of that nature. So I like that about it, but I I like it a lot. I don't love it. And that's, that's okay. (laughs) Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn, make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Coming up on 5-Minute News. I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. All right, next up, Dan Baer. I remember seeing this film in 2013 and, like, loving it. And then um, wanting to shoot myself for the next year because... I was teaching um, dance classes at the time, and literally the only thing my younger girls wanted to do was put on Let It Go and dance around in tap shoes. And 
I have PTSD. But <laughs> I know a lot of parents, Dan, who feel the exact same way you do. You know how many billions of views that Let It Go song has on YouTube? Look, all I'm saying is they didn't have to they have they didn't have the added noise of tap shoes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and also probably not like two dozen children all doing it at the same time. But whatever. Um <laughs> The movie itself, I think, mostly holds up really, really strongly. Um, I think, uh, like Will said, it is kind of obvious that this was a bit of a rushed production. There are lots of holes and inconsistencies. And in the, especially in the back half of the film, I um, hate that we get five songs in the first 30 minutes of this and two and a half songs in the rest of the hour and 15 minute running time. Thank Um, you. Thank you. Which just adds to the feeling that this is a wildly off balance movie. My big problem with it is also my favorite thing about it, which is let it go, (laughs) which is so Far and away, the best thing about this movie, and not just in terms of the song or what it does on a character and thematic level, but the just the animation of that sequence, especially in a theater in 3D, is so much better than anything else in this movie that it throws the movie completely off balance. Everything, like... Up to Let It Go, which is basically the first act of this movie, and a lot happens in that first act. And then you have another hour and 15 minutes that is incredibly leisurely paced and doesn't really continue the character arc that Let It Go sets up for Elsa. But then again, like the second half also has Olaf, which is one of the greatest sidekick characters in all Disney. Fight me on this. Um, and yeah, I mean, it can't hold a candle to Tangled as far as the quality of the animation goes or the cleverness of the script goes, but I still love it. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Like, I see the flaws. I see the flaws. And I kind of don't care because it's still so enjoyable and it works, damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Like just like pound your fist and really reinforce that. <laughs> All right. Let's hear next from Emma Sasek. Yeah, I love that you kind of said that, Dan, because as I'm listening to you guys critique this film, I'm just like, I don't give a fuck anything that they're saying. I love this movie so much. They are so wrong. Nothing is correct. <laughs> I love this movie. Um, I will say that it's brought me so much love and comfort and joy over the years. I remember the day I got my wisdom teeth taken out and I was like half high and coming down off of my um, anesthesia and the drugs that I was put on. This was one of the movies that I watched that day. And I just remembered slobbering all over myself as I was half consciously singing, let it go. And it's truly one of the greatest moments of my life. Um, so that just kind of tells you the connection that I have to this film at this stage in my life. I just remember loving it from the first moment I saw it. I thought that the, the colors were so beautiful and the 
and the animation style was great. And, you know, Elsa building up her castle just looked so beautiful on the big screen. And even last night, as I watched it on my TV, um, I still thought it looked magnificent. The songs are all fun. Um, I did, however, kind of notice this time around. And it's funny because I've seen this like 500 times at this point. Um, yeah, that distribution of songs is really heavy. And that first act first half however you want to put it and then it just tampers off the second half I really do kind of wish if I have a critique that it did kind of even out throughout the film but I can look past it as I said I do not hear any critiques today from this film I still love it I still think it's so fun it made me laugh yesterday still after all this time and um, I will forever be a stan well, we're not changing Emma Sasek's mind about anything tonight, that's for sure. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> All right, and let's pass it over next to our guest here, John. It's great to hear everyone else's take on it. Um, I hate to be like a buzzkill, but I definitely don't have a love relationship with it. It's always been kind of a middling level movie, I guess, especially like I'm a 90s kid, so all those like horror Disney Renaissance movies are just like so perfect to me and watching this it's like trying to realize like that's what this is for a new generation and it's like I can kind of get there and kind of understand that but not really so I was introduced to this movie just I didn't like seek it out at all it just felt like it was just pummeled into my brain at over time especially with like the song and I think I saw it first saw it like just in bits and pieces babysitting some kids so I've never had like a proper run through watch until I just recently rewatched it for this podcast. And I was actually a lot more charmed by a lot of it in this rewatch, especially the first half hour or 45 minutes, everything up through Let It Go. I was like, wow, this is fantastic. And then after that, I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I don't think this movie is so great because just after Let It Go, I just think it uh, starts to disassemble and not fall apart completely, but just become less interesting after that. Um, and it's it's hard for me to maintain my attention. So, yeah, I'm kind of there's good and bad. I'm that's how I feel about it. Yeah, not to sound like a broken record or anything like that here. I know a lot of people have made a lot of points, but I saw this movie in theaters back in 2013. I had very low expectations for it, actually. I don't know. I think it was just because I just didn't know what to expect, obviously. This not being any kind of a sequel or anything. It was just a whole new property, and I had only seen the trailer for it. So walking into it and getting kind of this what felt like I was getting like a Broadway musical at times, especially in that first 45 minutes, half an hour or so, like you, like the rest of you all said, I was completely captivated by this movie. And then the second act, I definitely started to wane a little bit on it, but then I felt like it ended very strongly and the third act really came together. And it was definitely a movie that worked for me for the time. Um, I was a pretty big fan of it. I definitely supported it during its award season run uh, that year. And, you know, in the years since then, I definitely have not become like a Scrooge where everybody else seems to love it. And I'm just like, oh, bah humbug, you and your kids and your let it goes. Like, I'm not really so much <laughs> like that. I still very much enjoyed the movie on the whole 
I, I, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and this is probably the weirdest comparison you're going to hear me make, uh, but please just bear with me for a minute here. I was talking to somebody earlier today about Christopher Nolan's Interstellar, and I was talking about how that movie's highs make up for its flaws. And that's how I kind of feel about Frozen, where the flaws are apparent. They are there. And I'm really sorry to someone like Emma, but they're non-negotiable as far as I'm concerned. But the highs of this movie are so high that they can easily be mitigated or completely ignored in some cases, I feel like, for some people. um, To the point that you can come away having a really, really great time with it. Um, I think a lot of us so far have touched upon the fact that the first act is probably the strongest I would argue a lot of that is because the movie's got a very, very good initial setup of its characters and its storyline, and the songs are mostly put in the first act in the movie. As as, um, was mentioned earlier, this movie goes through a very, very long patch where there aren't that many songs, and the movie kind of comes swinging out of the gate with these incredibly memorable tracks. You know, do you want to build a snowman? Let it let it go for the first time in forever. Let's start off with that. Let's start off just with the overall structure of the film and what it is that really, I think, from a pacing standpoint, uh, we're all getting at here. Is there anyone that like disagrees with that? Well, uh, the only songs after that first act are really just Olaf's song. In Summer, I think it's called, and The Mm -hmm. Fixer Upper, which are, like, the weakest songs, too. So that definitely help. Yeah, and the reprise of um, For the First Time in Forever, which is actually a really good reprise. Yeah. It is. Yeah. (laughs) I maintain that one of the issues of this movie is that somewhere in the late second or third act, Han should have had a proper villain song to actually give us his like full motivations and establish him yeah. as the villain. I agree with uh, that. <laughs> or at least some sort of weird reprise of Love is an Open Door. Like it yes. nicely in that spot. And I think it would have also made the songs feel more balanced. And yeah, that is how I would fix I think, the two main problems of this movie. Hey, everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of the 2013 animated film Frozen here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to Next Best Picture's Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this over-hour-long review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, 
And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.